Hey, Bill and Gunnar, welcome to a Black Law Tribal Edition. Murumu here with you today. And guess what? It's a wonderful week. And uh, we hope you're doing well wherever you are listening to the program. And, of course, uh, we are discussing things of significance and um, just letting people know uh, about the uh, pre-colonial, let's say, Indigenous nations that exist on this continent, many call Australia, and the laws and the societies that have neither been ceded uh, nor extinguished, uh, and that's Australian experts saying that. And, uh, yeah, we just want to say thank you very much for your time today, and we hope you're doing well wherever you are. Uh, joining me today is Ganyara of Yalmabara, the um, Minister for the Treasury and, of course, the Attorney-General. And, uh, Ganyara, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Another brilliant day in paradise up here today. It is good, and... Um, Look, congratulations also. Uh, I think it was the anniversary uh, recently of the uh, the, the Treasury, uh, which is under uh, your, uh, I guess, you oversee that particular part of the world, and um, it's just another milestone for the Gidinji government to celebrate every little thing like that, because in Australia they do that. They have, uh, um, you know, uh, May Day and uh, Christmas and all these other things, and um, we have significant days as well, and they have International Day for women, International Day for this, that and the other. So um, it's really important that Yinji begin to uh, let the world know what's, what's going on here. But um, I thought we might start off with uh, something that uh, it never seems to stop, uh, and that's this voice to Parliament. Uh, the uh, opposition leader, Al- Anthony Albanese, uh, who, who's, uh, uh, I guess, trying to... Uh, uh, get the the votes of the majority of Australians, or or uh, enough to get his party into uh, the prime ministership and the administration of the government of the Commonwealth of Australia, is pitching uh, this very uh, uh, well. It has been quiet. Let's say that because we did say um, a report last time that Indigenous Australians felt that. Indigenous issues inside of the Commonwealth of Australia were, were, were not being talked about enough. So we're talking about that uh, from a Yudinji point of view. Uh, and let's have a listen to what he's had a chat with uh, David Spears, an old friend of mine from the olden times, uh, the dream time. Uh, here he is talking with Anthony Albanese. A few other issues just quickly. Um, you've promised to make a referendum on an Indigenous voice to Parliament a priority if you're elected. Uh, referenda typically need bipartisan support in Australia to succeed. Uh, many of those who want a voice, though, don't want to wait any longer. What would be your approach? Wait for bipartisanship or, or just proceed regardless? Uh, I don't want to wait, David. This is a change that has been a long time coming. Uh, we've been talking about it uh, since uh, the, at least the end of, uh, of last century. Uh, I'll consult with First Nations people about the timetable. I'll reach out across the parliament if I am elected as Prime Minister next Saturday uh, to try to secure uh, support uh, as much as possible. Uh, this is a nation-changing moment. And just Just as the apology to the stolen generations made our country stronger, this is a generous offer from First Nations people. All they're asking for is a bit of politeness, basically good manners, says that if you have an issue that affects directly the health, the education, the housing, the lives of First Nations people, you should consult them. That's what a voice to Parliament is. It's not a third chamber, it's not anything else, and we should recognise that in our Australian constitution because our history didn't begin in 1788, uh, nor, of course, did it end then. But the problem with this Prime Minister is he said he would act on this, this term. He doesn't want a voice to Parliament. The only voice Scott Morrison ever wants to hear is his own. OK, so, um, Ganyara... More consultation. He, he wants to enshrine a voice to Parliament uh, in his first term. He's saying ScoMo didn't do that, and Scott Morrison uh, did not do that, and the only voice that uh, Scott Morrison wants to hear is his own. Um, this is political point scoring, and really uh, the, the issue has to be how is Australia going to interact with someone like Yudinji if... You know, and the voice to Parliament could be some sort of portal where they do change the constitution to recognise and acknowledge that these pre-colonial uh, Indigenous nations are, are back back for business and uh, to help, um, you know, with the 
the security of tenure and security of personality. Well, first, let us, let us all clear up what the voice department really is. And, and Albanese said exactly right there. It's not a third chamber. It's nothing, it's nothing else other than to have some special recognition inside the Australian Constitution. Um, Aboriginal people have a voice to parliament already. They call it their local member. But remember that the Aboriginal people or the Indigenous people only make up 3 to 4% maximum of the Australian population. And, you know, the, the Commonwealth of Australia, governed by, I suppose, the, the majority rule, um, the Aboriginal people, the Indigenous people, will never be in the majority, ever. How can they be? Um, so your voice is going to be quite small, you know. So if you're going to get some special voice to Parliament based on race, that, that makes the Constitution racist. I, I'm a bit concerned about that. What, what it should be is that the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade, the Australian Department, uh, is, the, is the voice where the Indigenous nations have their say to the Commonwealth of Australia. You know, um, the Yidinji Nation, for example, is not in the Commonwealth of Australia. It is not created pursuant to the laws of Australia. It is not part of a political entity inside Australia. There's no way, no shape and form that, that the Yidinji Nation is part of Australia. It can't be. It was here first. It's always been here. It was here when the British come. It was here when, when the Commonwealth of Australia was formed in 1901. You know, So it can't be one and the same thing. It can't be within there. Remember, this is only Australia's claim that the Yidinji people are subject to Australian law. They, they can't prove it in fact. They can't prove it in law how they can be because the Yidinji people, the Aboriginal people, the Indigenous people, whatever you want to call them, were excluded uh, from participating in the life of the state up until quite recently, about roughly 1980 or thereabouts, 83, if I remember right. Um, even the 1967 referendum didn't do anything for the Aboriginal or the Indigenous people. All they'd done was took out the words Aboriginal native, basically, um, which just left the Constitution silent on the Indigenous people, the ones that were here first, whose nation is still here. So to enshrine something in the Constitution, a voice of some sort, will then lead the, would, would then leave all the rest, all the minorities open to say, well, what about us? What about us, um, you know, Albanians, for example? Why don't we get some special voice? You know, the, the people of dark skin did. You know, well, what about us uh, Fijian Australians? Why don't we get some special voice because we're a minority? This is where, where it's all heading. Um, what it is, it's just a, a bit of a ruse, I suppose, to, to distract the Indigenous people from where they rightfully belong, and that's back in their true uh, correct capacity as the original owners of the place, pursuant to their laws and customs, nothing to do with Australia. Um, and then putting forward their Minister for Foreign Affairs and Trade to, or Foreign Affairs to go and instruct the Commonwealth of Australia what uh, the, the Indigenous nation wants to happen on its territory. We can't, we can't decide what happens on, on Wakaman country, for example, or, or Kunjin country or, or anyone else, you know, or Noongar country. Remember, we can only talk about Albert country, which is our territory, uh, which we've marked on the map. You know, Surveyor General done a good job to get that out, going back years. Um, now, and no one's disputed it. There's no argument. The Commonwealth of Australia haven't argued over it because they recognise our sovereignty, our, our, our ability to have land titles pursuant to our laws and customs, which are from outside of Australia. So why do you want a voice in Australia? Why do you, why do you want to be participating in the life of the state called the Commonwealth of Australia? Uh, do you think it's, it's just being called that to, to sugarcoat something that's quite serious in that they may change the constitution to allow DFAT to be the the uh, the gateway uh, between between the worlds because this is uh, not that I've seen or read any of the uh, proposals to it, but it may be something there an opportunity for them to do that under the uh, uh, the label of something different. Oh look, it, it could be. I, I find it more of a, a distraction to distract the Aboriginal people from the Indigenous people from going back to their rightful place. Um, DFAT, you know, the the Maurice Payne. She's always had the ability to go out and negotiate treaties on behalf of the Commonwealth of Australia. That's her role in life. She's, she's the Minister for Foreign Affairs inside Australia. And correct me if I'm wrong, if we're not part of Australia, we, we must be foreign to Australia. So that's where the foreign ministers come into play. You know, the Yidinji foreign minister negotiates with the Australian foreign minister about what's going to what's taking place. And this is where treaties are negotiated at, at the Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade level, you know, um, our minister talks to their minister, and we're negotiating a treaty. 
we get into the, all this state-based uh, treaty rubbish. The states aren't sovereign enough to do anything unless they've been uh, specifically empowered by the Commonwealth of Australia to go and negotiate on behalf of the Commonwealth. So, you know, the Queensland tracks the treaty stuff. It's all rubbish. It's just BS. It's just another distraction, another, I suppose, uh, token from the white Australia to where you will never be a majority at 3 or 4%. You can never be a majority. There's the, the Commonwealth of Australia is set up uh, in, in a racist way to hold back those of colour. You know, the Guardian reported on that going back a, you know, a few weeks to a month ago that uh, if you, you're, you're disadvantaged if you're not white, in, basically, in Australia. If you're not a white male inside Australian politics, you, you're very disadvantaged. So it, it is a, a ruse, I feel, to, to distract people. Um, if they were genuine... If Australia was genuine, they'd actually be talking about um, negotiating treaties in their proper capacity as the Commonwealth of Australia, not letting the state-based rubbish take over because I know there's constitutional experts have actually said it's just rubbish. It, well, there will never be treaties, you know, in the, in, and between sovereign nations, it can't be. Um, Australia just assume that, that the Indigenous peoples are subject to the laws of the Commonwealth of Australia. They can't prove it. Um, but it's all about the legal identity. You know, they're not telling the Indigenous people that you have the right to go and hold multiple legal identities. Um, as in, the, I suppose, decided when you look at Article 33 of the UN Declaration of Rights for Indigenous Peoples, it makes it very clear that, you, that an Aboriginal uh, individual can have a, an Aboriginal personality. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, it could be multiple personalities. Um, because even when you look at someone like... Uh, one of the ancestors that walked up north, uh, you know, and uh, had the sun up there on the top end and the islands, when you ask that person's name, it changes from here to uh, what people say, uh, Mapoon or that area up there. It's got a different... That, that man has a different name. And they're different personas. The same way I, I point out that, uh, you know, Jesus is, uh, uh, has different personas... And titles in the, in, the, in the scriptures, he's the angel of the Lord, or he was Melchizedek, uh, the high priest, uh, and all these other things. That ability to act in the capacity at that time is is very very clear. And um, you're right there. Article 33 is the right to identify. Now, you know this is a, an important part of the story because. Indigenous peoples at the moment are only identifying through one piece of paper, and that's the Australian identity. Okay, that's why Pauline Hanson is an Indigenous Australian because her piece of paper is a native to Australia, native to Australian laws. That is okay, but what she isn't is she's not Yidinji or she's not uh, 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 another tribal uh, nation on this continent. Unless, you know, she does have a, a multiple personality, but, you know, that might put her into a bit of uh, hot water by not being um, allowed to, to hold office inside of Australia because of conflict of interest or, you know, all these other ones that have all these different um, uh, multiple uh, nationalities uh, being struck out of Parliament. And, uh, Scott Ludlam and, and Larissa Waters went through that um, with the Canadian identity and, um, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, at the end of the day... Uh, a majority of mob only are using one piece of paper. They identify as being tribal as well, as well as maybe a Queenslander when the origin's around, or, um, you know, whatever they want it to be at the time. And, and Article 33 does speak about that stuff, but on paper, this is where it counts, right? So that's why it becomes official when you have your own office. That's the, the, uh, the, the etymology of the, uh, the word there. Uh, and um, anyway, I'm, I'm looking at this uh, voice to parliament now as you know millions of dollars being spent on 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 what and for what, uh, and here we are, you know, a group of I think 21 government ministers now, uh, and uh, just under 200 citizens um, doing it because we love to do it, and um, yes, uh, the dingy dollar is there. It's not. There's no interoperability, which means it's not um, uh, able to cross-border yet. So, for example, the Indian dollar can't buy or there's no legal mechanism through a treaty, for example, to have an Australian dollar. 
for example. But that's coming, and that's why we're saying, look, Australia, you're going to get a lot more through a treaty than just uh, gaining consent to be on our territory. Uh, you know, you get to, to, to walk like a Yudinji and, and talk like a Yudinji and learn the Yudinji way and participate in the state, if you like. So it's all good there. Uh, Ganyara, I, I'm just wondering, the Greens have uh, sort of stepped back from the, the, uh, the voice um, and, and noticeably so. Uh, Scott Morrison didn't really give a batter an eyelid over it, but, I mean, is, is it something that's... Um, is it flogging a dead horse or is it their actual um, substance there? And I know you've already just spoken about that, but, I mean, from a, um, a legal point of view, Australia is extremely limited at the moment. They're on a, a, a raft... And, uh, you know, they're trying to uh, build something bigger than the, than the raft and they've got no materials to do that. Oh, look, they, they really are struggling. And this is where the Greens have actually come out and said, look, <clears throat> how about we sort a treaty out first <clears throat> before, we get a, before we do the, tr- uh, the, the voice or the truth part? Let's get the treaty. Let's get the foundation of Australia established properly and, and you know, have it sorted out before we go any further. Because until we do that, no matter what we do inside Australia... Will be always, you know, they'll always be behind, you know, they will never be able to get ahead because they've actually settled on someone else's country, which is the, the territories of those pre colonial indigenous nations, which brings about the old saying, who is on whose territory, you know, if, if, if whatever is, whatever, you know, whatever is upon your territory, whatever personal thing is upon your territory, is subject to your law and authority. So who's on whose territory? Are we on Australia's territory or is the Commonwealth of Australia? on our territory, because if they're on our territory, that would mean that they'd be subject to our laws and authority. The Yadinji one, there's one that's been here for thousands of years. So what's the good of having a voice to Parliament when the very Parliament itself doesn't have consent to be here? You know, it, it doesn't make sense. And this is where um, I know the likes of Larissa Waters and that understand this uh, Explicitly, they, they know exactly what's going on. Well, let, let's see what uh, Adam Mann had to say. He said, if you really, if we really want success to happen, this is what he said this year in April, it's a mistake to do it any other order. We need to do it in that order where we tell the truth, then strike a treaty, and that will be uh, put us in the best position for reforms like a voice to succeed. And now... You know, I'm not saying this go vote for this party because that's got nothing to do with us here. But what, what he's saying there is is is, is, is uh, a little bit different to the rest of the, the, the other ones. And they may have a let's say a, a, a unique window uh, of perspective on this particular matter because of the various uh, greens that have uh, uh, that have uh, uh, spoken uh, or learned about the Udinji particular situation. So I think uh, it's very important that they're, um, they're not uh, pretending uh, to give something that they can't give. And, 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 and I always think about uh, Greg Craven, Pro- Professor Greg Craven, uh, formerly of the Australian Catholic University, who's um, uh, saying it's, 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 it's a hoax with words, you know. Uh, I mean, this is... This is not some bloke who was um, in, a, in his, his garage with a with a podcast and and uh, you know a, a gammon um, set in the background. This is a fully fledged um, academic at the highest levels of uh, you know constitutional law and, and, and things like this. Saying, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but I know you can. Yeah, look, he's saying that basically about he was going on about the state based treaty stuff, and he said, look, those state based treaties will never be treaties in the true sense of the word, you know, done between uh, sovereign nation to sovereign nation. And, they, and, they, and the, the inside Australia, the treaty at the state level uh, will never be between sovereign nations. They, 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 as much as you want them to be, they never will be. So it's just absolute rot that's going on. Uh, it's a total waste of time, effort and a lot of money. I mean, millions of dollars uh, that, that's, that's taken place. All in this attempt to try and keep the Indigenous peoples contained within the Commonwealth of Australia. Keep them within there. That way they don't have a right to go back and talk about their country because their their, uh, Indigenous Australian identity is trespassing upon the the very country that those people claim to represent. You know, if they're in their true capacity, 
um, they'd realise that the legal identity, says, I'm not talking about the man or woman, I'm talking about the legal identity is trespassing on their country. If they go back to their right capacity as the owners of the, you know, the nation that owns the place, then they will have an identity that's created outside of the Commonwealth of Australia. They will then be foreign to the Commonwealth of Australia. And this is what Greg Craven, he, he's a constitutional expert. There's George Williams, there's, there's Harry Hobbs, there's um, uh, Cheryl Saunders. The, you know, there's, there's, a whole heap of, there's a whole range of these people. And they're not fools, they're not stupid people. They're reaching the very top levels of academia and they're actually saying all the same thing. We've got to sort out the foundation of Australia first before anything else happens. You know, um, they've made it very clear that they, uh, that Yudinji is not some of this make-believe rubbish that you see getting around there, this micronation stuff, these sovereign citizen movements, all this sort of rubbish. It's got nothing to do with that. We were the first original nations that were here and that Australia just failed to, or the Commonwealth Australia, and the British failed to negotiate treaties with, you know. Talk about how we're going to share power and authority on this one very place called Australia, the continent. Uh, until that takes place, until the treaty is sorted out, Australia will always, always be intruding upon our territory, which means they would be liable to our laws and, you know, deportation, for example, or, or, or you know, pull them in and, and lock them up. Just think about the consequences of what Australia can do and what the Indigenous nations can do. Now, they're all talking about global security at present. You know, who give Australia the right to put any military installation on any part of Australia? What, what would happen if one of those indigenous nations said to China, you're welcome to this big radar we have here, you know, Pine Gap, for example? What would happen? Think about the consequences then, you know, and then they could go to the international court. China could drag Australia and say, well, how did you get there? We got, we got permission from the owners of the place to take over that. Now, Australia, you prove your case. Mm. So think about the consequences. This, this make-believe little fake voice that they got, you know, oh, we'll give you some voice to Parliament, we won't really give you anything, it won't be a, th a third chamber, you won't be able to veto uh, laws that affect you, you know, you, you're going to have to still toe the line of the majority, you know, it's still got, you're going to be um, you know, held back, you won't have the advantage of what the white males have uh, inside Australia there, so there's always this, this impediment to where the Indigenous peoples can advance to the very top of Australia. I, I, I actually can't see any of them ever getting to the very top. I'd struggle to see how they could when this part of the world is set up to be the British outpost, you know, in, in, the, in the southern seas. You know, th this is the homeland of the whitefellas. Sad to say, that's the Commonwealth of Australia, that is. You're listening to Black Law Trial Edition right across the planet today. We'll be back after the break.
Hello, welcome back again. Uh, Murumu and Ganyara here with you, Blackmore Tribal Edition. Um, Ganyara, you mentioned there before uh, the break there the names George Williams and Harry Hobbs, uh, 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 and uh, I guess they just released a book, uh, which is very useful in the matters of sovereignty and rule of law. The book is called uh, Micronations and the Search for Sovereignty, Okay, and it's from Cambridge Studies in Constitutional Law, and um, it's a bit of a corker of a book, uh, which really, um, and I hope you would agree, highlights the Yidinji Nation's uh, situation in, in, in that it's not pretend and it's not a hobby, it's not fake or gammon, it's a, it's a true government that um, is actually um, stirring the planet in terms of, um, you know, there's it, this, this special appearance, uh, you could say, um, coming into existence in that world of, uh, of government and, and, and legal universes. Oh, absolutely. Look, there's a lot of people that are, are jack of Australia, you know, or jack of global governance systems, you know, where they've had enough and they just... Um, that, that's how all this micronation stuff comes about. Like Hutt River, you know, he was the, the uh, he was growing wheat. Um, he had a good crop. The wheat crow to come in. He couldn't sell his crop. You know, he was held back. Uh, that yeah, you know, the, these are the sort of people that that um, have had enough. You know, so they sort of how can we secede from Australia? Or how can we break away or whatever? And basically, this book goes on to discuss. You know, um, what micronation stuff is, and they, they call it the search for sovereignty. Um, these micronations can never get, never attain the sovereignty that the indigenous peoples are, are recognised as possessing. You know, we go to the Uluru Statement, for example, and it said, you know, the the indigenous or the Aboriginal people were the first in time owners, only been here roughly sixty thousand years. They own the place pursuant to their laws and customs, which are not Australian, and they haven't ceded sovereignty. It hadn't been extinguished, and in fact, that sovereignty. That very sovereignty coexists with that of the Australian Crown, you know. So it's got to be at least equal to the sovereignty of the Australian Crown, if not better. And the reason I say better is because it was first in time and it's still here. It hasn't been ceded in any way, shape or form. But there are a lot of people who get sick of the, the, the systems of governance and oppression and held down and restrained, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, whatever. Um, so they try and break away. But they don't have this acknowledged sovereignty, whereas the Indigenous people do have it. And uh, the likes of Hobbs and Williams are saying very, very clearly, be careful when you run up against the Indigenous nations that are starting to exercise their sovereignty, the validity of their laws. Because, you know, as they say in, in one of the newspaper articles, that the, um, I suppose, Yudinji nation has the ability to, to demonstrate its sovereignty in any court, you know, that, that we do have a legal argument that the Yudinji nation can stand upon to defend its position as being the first in time continuing nation that's still here today that hasn't ceded sovereignty and hadn't been extinguished. But the, in, inside that book there, it's actually a great read. It was only released earlier this year, 2020, uh, 2022, sorry. Um, and they basically had, they, they, they highlight a lot of stuff about the, I suppose, the American Indian um, domestication, I suppose, of their laws. And because there, there were treaties that were negotiated going back into the 1700s, 1800s, um, there were agreements that what, what it did do, though, was highlight the sovereignty of those Indigenous nations, those Indian nations, like the Navajo, for example. But then they sort of started to break those treaties. They didn't really follow it that much. They sort of, the, the white fellas took over a bit more. And basically, they used the word domesticated. Um, you know, domesticated the Navajo, for example, brought them into the purview of the American uh, Constitution and all the laws and authority that it can enforce. So they were sort of given a few little privileges. They were given a little bit of country away, uh, discreetly away from the bigger populations to, to call their homeland. But it was a sad state of affairs when they are all seen legally through the American identity. You know what I'm seeing? When you talk like that, I'm thinking of a dingo. A dingo pup that some family or someone, you, you feed it a little bit and they get used to you. And then they come in and they start trusting you and you give them, you know, they, they sleep there, then they'll go back and run with their family and then come back and forth. But there's a relationship there. But that domestication you're talking about, taking it out of its natural environment and putting it into something that um, uh, it, it is, is not the first uh, uh, in time environment. 
And, and that's what I'm seeing here. You've got these wonderful um, men and women um, from these pre-colonial indigenous nations being domesticated and, you know, forcefully back in the day. Remember, they were stolen and they were forced to be domestic slaves. And now, uh, you know, I want to be very careful about how I say this, but there are people now who are that domesticated that, that, that they may not want to go back to their original way of life and to their original law because they're happy with those comforts and surrounds. And I'm not, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone because everyone knows that a majority of my family live in that world, okay? It's not being high and mighty here. I'm just saying that there may be some who had the opportunity to go back now. Um, they may choose not to do that. And um, we know that a majority of mob can't do what Yudinji's doing and just chuck everything to one side and just go with it. You know, it wasn't that simple here either, but there was the, the elders and, and everyone else continue to chip in and make it easier for people like us to do the work that we do. So I'm not, I'm not having a go at people, but all I'm saying is, is that um, there are some uh, mob in influential positions that could do these things, but refu- maybe it's easier for them just to keep going with what they're doing now. Okay, and it's different from being forced and deceived and then knowing about it and not going back to your law. Knowing that there's a door you can open, you've got the passcode for it, but you're not opening it and you're not letting anyone else go in there. That's very dangerous. Look, that's how I see the voice to Parliament. There are people there that are, that are pushing this agenda um, quite strongly. They are of Indigenous descent. They have every right to go back to their pre-colonial Indigenous nation and do exactly what Yudinji's doing and, you know, negotiating a treaty with Australia for the betterment of all the people of that of that Indigenous nation. You know, there are some who are just choosing to, to stay really domesticated with the love of money, the love of the Australian dollar, which they're getting paid handsomely in, to, to stay there and also distract... The, the other Indigenous people to stay within Australia, to stay domesticated, to stay away from this, this ability to go and rebuild the nation that can then uh, treaty with Australia. But as, as Hobbs and Williams point out, you know, the Indigenous peoples have a very unique position in the world at present because especially in the likes of where Australia is, the geogra- geographical Australia, there was no treaties ever signed. There was nothing. They just sort of ignored the Aboriginal people, hoping that they'd just die and go away and that this would always be the, the homeland of the whitefella. Um, but that didn't happen. That didn't occur. You know, the Aboriginal people didn't die out, um, you know, to the dismay of Australia, to the whitefella, to the white Australia. But when we, when we talk about this, you know, it's, it's, there are agendas out there. There are other bigger agendas that we may never be privy to um, about what's going on in the world. Um, maybe the whole world wants to be the, the whitefellow world. I don't know. But um, the, the Indigenous peoples of each area must stand up and utilise the documents and the, and the instruments that are created for them to use to try and bring a bit of peace and, and uh, quiet to the world, you know, to stop the war, stop the fighting, stop the factions happening. Um, it's our world out there. So the Adinji nation has taken that stand. You know, enough is enough. Um, we're not a micronation. We're actually um, one of those who who are asserting sovereignty, the validity of our laws and customs um, that have always been here. People may assume that it's that it's a micronation. It's not. It's an original, um, I suppose, uh, sovereign nation that's acknowledged in the Uluru Statement from the Heart as being the original owners and the Federal Court acknowledge it of Australia. They, they acknowledge that that we are the original owners of here, um, of this area, pursuant to our laws, not of Australian law. You see what I'm saying? Micronation stuff is all make-believe. It, it, it can't be. Don't ever believe what you see on the likes of Wikipedia because, you know, that's, that's just a white agenda or it's, it's an agenda that's set. You can't, you can't believe what's set there. Yudinji Nation is not... And I'll, and I'll repeat, it is not a micronation. It is a state in its own right. It has all the attributes of statehood. Um, you know, it has the, a permanent population. It has the systems of governance. It has the territory. It has the ability to interact with the rest of the world. And it's only our assertion of sovereignty and how far we're going to take it as to how strong we'll actually be. 
And that's why we're actually taken to the next level. You know, all the time we're trying to protect Australia from its own injury and own harm. We can't help it um, from hurting itself. We can only help guide and, and put the resources out there for Australia to come to. So we're, we're trying to do all this. Um, you know, in the meantime, Australia is, as Greg Craven's saying, offering the blunt axes and gaudy beads, which are not really worth anything. Yeah, look, some of the names here for micronations uh, in Australia, the sovereign state of Eterna Lucina. Um, it was an Australian micronation founded by a self-proclaimed baron who claimed properties he owned in New South Wales as its territory. Several associated businessmen were charged with fraud. OK? We're not being charged with fraud here, by the way. Just saying that. Uh, I'd like to see uh, anyone who would try and assert that, that, that particular position. Uh, Empire of Atlantium. It advocates for global governance, specifically no borders and freedom of movement. Fair enough. Grand Duke of Avram, OK, in Tasmania. Uh, the province of Bumbunga, um, okay. The Gay and Lesbian Kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands. There's the Hutt River Province. We've mentioned that. The Principality of Marlborough. The Murawari Republic. The Independent State of Rainbow Creek. And they've also got the Sovereign Unity Government listed there, which is a mistake because these experts in this book are absolutely 100% saying that, in a way, uh, without making it bleeding obvious to the reader, that Yudinji is not a micronation. And we've made it very clear that we're not a micronation because we own the land. You see, it's the original nation. And I say this uh, with, with all due respect to everyone else, you know, Israel is a tribe. You, you know that it has history in the Bible, for example, and it formed a government. Yudinji has its own version, its own cosmology, cosmological narrative that um, where God had uh, created us in his image, Gai Bragupi, and uh, we have that this piece of dirt here, okay? It's not some created, made-up notion or, uh, yes, I'm going to call it the, uh, the, 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 you know, uh, the, the Gaia estate or, or, or you know, uh, whatever it is, it's not. It had to be Yudinji. It couldn't be anything else, OK? And, and that's what I'm saying now. Have a think about that. They're going to try and trick you into, oh, yeah, no, you're just a, you're just a micronation or trick you into thinking, oh, no, no, you, 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 we all won. Um, just vote Labor or vote, vote Greens or vote this, that, the other. Uh, we'll give you a voice. I don't think so. I don't think so. Now... The, the book is uh, uh, it's not that big but uh, and, and it's available now um, uh, I think it's uh, just another feather in the cap for Harry Hobson's George Williams and you know what I wrote to them last week and congratulated them on their book because it really does distinguish the spheres of uh, jurisdiction uh, and what is Australian and what is not Australian and Yudinji are far from being an Australian and uh, anyway, you're listening to a Blackwall Tribal Edition right across the planet today. We'll be back after break for some final comments.
the voices of this land And the spirit of the Torah faith Come together as one Welcome back to the show. Um, we were talking about a book on micronations by the excellent uh, works of uh, Harry Hobb and George Williams. Uh, and uh, anyway, I thought we'd share something from Harry uh, uh, earlier. Uh, I think it was uh, last year sometime. Um, and they talked about these sovereign citizens. You may have heard about these sovereign citizens. Um, Terry Nichols uh, and, and, and Timothy McVeigh were considered to be um, sovereign citizens uh, and they're the ones that uh, blew up that uh, building in Oklahoma City um, and uh, anyway that was uh, way back then in, in 1995 but while there are no records of sovereign citizens killing anyone in Australia our New South Wales police reported in 2015 that sovereign citizens had made violent threats um, and uh, last year, uh, a Victorian police officer was assaulted by a sovereign citizen who had refused to wear a mask. You may have been uh, seeing those now. Oh, I wasn't there. I don't know too much about them. But uh, last year, there were sovereign citizens <laughs> apparently uh, seeking to build electoral support amongst uh, Indigenous communities in Western Australia and Northern Territory. So you can see now where this, this reference point is. They're working inside of Australia. So my question is, if these people are uh, inside of Australia, uh, then it must be, they must be Australians. Uh, anyway, uh, so they're working, trying to work with the uh, men and women from the Northern Territory in, in Western Australia, probably Bummer, uh, to um, build electoral support, OK? Um, now, he's saying here, Harry Hobbs is saying that there's a mistaken view that Indigenous communities are micronations, OK? But the people working with Western Australia and Northern Territory to build electoral support for an Australian election space, that is a micronation attempt, OK? But what they're saying here, what he's saying is, is that um, the Indigenous nation, uh, when they renounced their legal ties in, to Australia in 2014, um, had announced the formation of the Sovereign Indigenous Government a nation that already existed, but Australia failed to notice, OK? So this is an article written by Harry Hobbs. He's a doctor at law at the University of Technology, Sydney. He's saying the Yudinji nation operates under Yudinji tribal law, OK? Now, he's saying around the Cairns area because a lot of the people here wouldn't know where Gimoy is. He says that Yudinji produces its own identity documents, including driver's licences and licence plates, and is considering establishing its own passports, which we do, and currency, which we have. At times, Murumu has faced complications travelling with the Indigenous documentation on lands claimed by Australia. I have uh, problems travelling overseas in terms of uh, intercontinental, but uh, um, the identity has been accepted by many carriers. Uh, in the spirit of reconciliation. He, he goes on to say here, Australia doesn't recognise the sovereign Yudinji government, but that doesn't mean it is a micronation. OK? Indigenous nations do much more than perform or mimic acts of sovereignty. Their claim to sovereignty is much more deeply rooted. Or you said before there were 60,000 years or something, and is accepted in international law and in countries like the US, United States, Canada... And New Zealand. 
even if Australian law doesn't recognise their inherent sovereignty, their claim is very different from that of micro-nations. So there you go. Uh, from Harry Hobbs himself, an article last year from the insidestory.org.au. It's called Death Taxes and the Strange History of Rebel Micronations. Now, Ganyara, correct me if I'm wrong there, but that there is one corker of an article. Oh, it really is. And this is just... Uh, a constitutional expert understanding fully what's going on here, you know, the, the foundation of Australia, where it's situated. And at present, he's basically saying that the other nations, the, these other things that are here, the, the Indigenous nations, the legal identities, they're the ones that own the place. That means Australia is built on a foundation of quicksand. They've got to be very, very careful how they interact with this other thing now called the pre-colonial Indigenous nation. So Harry Hobbs is no fool. Um, they, you know, he's just one of the authors of that book we just mentioned there about micronations um george williams is the other one they're right they're absolutely right even george williams goes on about the um how you interact with these with these uh, indigenous nations be very careful when you come across them especially if you're law enforcement from the commonwealth of australia you know uh, i i understand that micronations um the they, they don't really police them too much as long as they follow the, you know, the law of the land, which is the law of the Commonwealth of Australia, because they're being seen legally through the, the Australian identity, so they've got to follow the law of Australia. Yeah, they, they allow that political dissent, or, or as long as it's within the framework of the Constitution and not, ex, not uh, outlaw or out of that law system. And, and becoming basically what you said there, you know, the likes of McVeigh, the, this, this terrorist attitude... We don't need to go blowing up buildings around our part of the world because they're our buildings. They were no, built on our country. Absolutely. So we tell our people to protect everything. Don't go and vandalise. Don't even put paint on anything because it's our building. It's our fence. It's our wall. It's our everything. Don't go knocking our trees down. They're our trees. You know, so this is the exact opposite. You know, Australia, we, we, we're comfortable with how we are situated uh, in, in sovereignty-wise and our foundation. Australia is the one that's uncomfortable that may want to try and have its, I suppose, native police offer uh, a voice to parliament pass, you know, this way you'll get some say, but really it, it doesn't do anything. But the likes of Williams, for example, and Megan Davis, they've put out a couple of good books as well, you know, everything you need to know about the Uluru Statement and everything you need to know about the Indigenous recognition in the Australian Constitution. Understand what they say, um, you know, the, the one about the Indigenous recognition, page 121, the second last paragraph on the thing says, you know, basically the Australian Constitution is the Australian's point of view at law. But it's not, our, it's not the Indigenous point of view, it's not the Yidinji point of view. And they actually say there that there's nothing to stop the Aboriginal people, and, you know, including us, from asserting the validity of our laws and customs that have always been here. So, you know, assert your sovereignty, start to bring it back. But do it peacefully and offer something to Australia, because what are we going to do? You know, if, if the Indigenous people make up 3% of 25 million people, you know, what are we going to do with the other 24 million and a half people? You know, you know what I mean? We've got to look after them. They're all part of us. They're on our country, but we've got to offer them some sanctuary. Where's the homeland of the, of the Australians? They don't have one. We're on our homeland. Yudinji homeland is here right now where we're, where we're recording the show. But where's the homeland of the Australians? So this is what I'm saying. We've got to resolve the problem that Australia created. We've got to, we've got to fix it. And we're the only ones that can because they can't offer us a treaty. We've got to offer them a treaty. And because we own the place, we've got to say, well, OK, look, Australia, we want you, while you're here on our territory, to be doing this, this and this. One is, use raise the standing army and defend our territory from whoever it may be. Uh, use, you know, ensure that pollution from Fukushima, for example, doesn't affect our part of the world, you know, or, or go and talk, talk to the Japanese about that. Use are the ones that can um, recognise the passports around the world so that the, the likes of McVeigh aren't getting into this part of here, you know, what we want to call our country, to do damage and harm. This is where Australia can step up to the plate if it, through a properly concluded treaty you know, to, to be doing so much more for the Indigenous people. It's not about us to say, well, you've got to pay for the place and give us the money and get out the way. <clears throat> it's, about, it's about the bigger thing, how the whole world is going to interact with us and how we interact with it you know i'm gladly i'll gladly use the australian passport as long as it's linked to our passport so we can understand in which jurisdiction the human is being seen legally at that 
at that split second, you know. Uh, people don't realise how jurisdictions change when you go through the international airport, for example. You walk over a line on the ground and you've, you've left Australia, yet you're in the same building. You know, this is all about pieces of paper and where they are. So, Australia, we, we want to work with you, or the US. You know, for example, maybe Australia don't want the treaty. Maybe it might be the US or Canada or maybe China. It's, it's whoever's going to, to do the right thing about um, creating stability and security in the future here. That's it for Black Law Tribal Edition. May God's peace be upon you wherever you are. Um, in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach, because he is the Aleph and the Tav, the Omega, uh, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And we'll catch you next week. Go